All right, everybody, welcome to uh, Purple Friday, uh, another episode of Live from the Hammock. Um, it's good to be on Nitty Gritty Sports Radio at uh, noon on Fridays, and um, I am joined again by my co-host Trey. Um, so we didn't get a chance to um, have you on <coughs> last week. I wanted to get your opinion about, I guess, the Steelers game <laughs> that you went to, and you know how close it came down to in that game. Um, what was the uh, atmosphere like and the end result, you know, where you were able to kind of walk out of there and not get heckled all that good <laughs> Yeah, I, I think uh, it was, the game was definitely a good time. I mean, um, the end result is not what we wanted, but uh, definitely enjoyed myself up there in Heinz Field. The atmosphere was actually, uh, it wasn't as savage as I thought it was going to be. But um, I think that probably had a lot to do with the way their season's been going. And mm-hmm. it's not like they have uh, any real aspirations this year to do anything, you know, in the playoffs or make a deep run or anything. So I think that was kind of floating in the air out there. Mm-hmm. Um, so it wasn't really a whole lot of trash talking that I expected. Um, of course, after we, we lost the game, um, you know, they, they, it was a little bit of talk. But it wasn't nothing, you know, they, they kept it respectful for the most part, which I was... I was surprised about, but uh, it was it was all good fun. Everybody was a uh, good sport. Um, it, now it wasn't like the Denver game; they were like really, really friendly up there. But okay, um, <laughs> but yeah, it, it was a crazy game and it, it, it good times. But it definitely did suck to see uh, see that ball go off of Andrew's hands at the end. And, <coughs> and yeah, definitely uh, definitely a long walk back to the parking lot. <laughs> But, so okay, this uh, I think the Andrews catch has become that uh, the blue dress was it blue dress gold dress thing. Like depending yeah. on who you ask, some people say, "Well, you know, oh, if you if he runs the route straight down the line, he catches the ball." Other people are like, "Well, but Lamar had to throw it out; it wasn't catchable." Yeah. So where did you before we get into this week? Where did you see what caught him down? I, I totally understand both that. So watching it live, it happened so fast that to be honest I couldn't even and we were kind of like we had really really good seats we were like the third row or something like that but we were mm-hmm. on the opposite end of the end zone at the time so it was kind of hard to see what happened on the play but when I you know when I got home and watched the replay over like maybe 10 times about as much as I could stomach um, it definitely could have been a better pass from Lamar but I think Andrews definitely still should have catched that. Nine times, out of, nine times out of ten, he makes that catch anyway. But um, Lamar probably would have gotten him a better ball had C.J. Watt not been, you know, jumping right. into his face the way he did. So for it to be a sidearm, um, max pressure situation like it was, I think that was probably the best pass that Andrews was going to get, to be honest. So it was kind of one of those 50-50 balls. Either he makes a great catch um, or he doesn't. And unfortunately, you know, we kind of, you know, we didn't have the luck of the football guards this, that week and, you know, went right off his fingertips. But honestly, I, I just can't be mad at him. I mean, it's not like that's a situation we should have been in in the first place. Right. I, I personally would have preferred to fight, you know, fight that battle in overtime. Um, seeing as though, you know, I just felt like we had a pretty good shot. Understand that, uh, we were down some cornerbacks and we didn't really have, you know, Harbaugh didn't really have a confidence in the defense to hold them in OT. But at the same time, you know, 
coin toss is still 50 50 i mean we had a shot mm-hmm. to get the ball first and and kind of not having to see the defense anyway so i mean it's you know hindsight 2020 and you know I'm, if we make it we're not even having this conversation so you know i don't blame it either way it just you know i just sometimes harbaugh and his analytics can kind of drive me up a wall sometimes because <laughs> he, he he just he relies so heavily on analytics and you know that's kind of what drove him to making a decision and i think at that moment i would have preferred him to just make a coach's decision and and, and the decision that was best for the team um but like i said you know it's just one of those things you know you make it he's a hero you you miss it and he has to answer those questions and he had a pretty good explanation but um like I said, we shouldn't have been in that situation in the first place, you know, with the struggling Steelers. You know, we should have been kind of up on those guys early on had we not made so many mistakes. Right. And it's, it was it was, it was was uh, interesting watching, I don't know if you checked out that 49ers game against the, uh, the, was it the Bengals this past Sunday. Yeah. Um, yep, yep. Kittle, Kittle made probably one of the best catches I've seen a tight end make. In a crucial oh, yeah. situation, I mean, he not only did he high point the ball, he finger like it was fingertips, like he yeah. literally put his fingertips on the ball and brought that thing in. That was the game. That was the game. Yeah. Right? Now I will that say game, that I think I will, I will say that type of catch though. That is Andrew's bread, bread and butter right there. The high point, high point the ball. Yeah. He he does do that kind of better than than most. So it was a different level of difficulty but um yeah that that was a hell of a catch i mean that was just a a great play in in the perfect situation and i had him on fantasy so that he just had a (laughs) oh yeah me too yeah oh my god let me get into the playoffs man how many yeah i'll take it every week (laughs) uh let's let's get into some other nfl news obviously the big one that came out uh late last night early this morning urban meyer finally gets fired um, oh, yeah. As the Jacksonville Jaguars head coach, um, I know you've been keeping up with all the news that's been coming out the last few weeks about him kicking, kicking uh, the kicker in in preseason, um, yelling at his assistant coaches in a meeting they had I think last week, telling them they're all losers and I'm a winner and you guys are, you guys are terrible. He said I had better coaching staff at Bowling Green, and I mean oh. it's. It's gone from, you know, hiring the, the the strength and conditioning coach out of Iowa who made allegedly made a racist statement for black players, um, picking Tim Tebow to play tight in there, um, not traveling back with the team after a tough loss uh, and going to your restaurant in Columbus, Ohio, then getting caught on camera, having a 20-something-year-old girl grinding on you. He's also a married man, for those that don't know, who wasn't his wife. Yeah grinding on it's like, it's like everything that has that's been drama filled that has attached itself to the Jaguars has been because of Urban Meyer and behind the scenes for what we're hearing it sounds like Urban Meyer was trying to blame everybody else for what was going on but himself mm-hmm. nobody was to blame everybody else was at fault I'm Urban Meyer I'm a winner but I do like the fact that I felt like a lot of former NFL players, GMs, and coaches have come out and just kind of blasted Urban Meyer, I guess thinking that he thought coming to the NFL was just going to be easy. He thought it was going to be a walk in the park. And they reminded him, like, look, you were a head coach of Florida. You were the head coach of Ohio State. But let's remember, these programs were story programs before you even got there. Like, there'll be story programs after you leave. And they were like, clearly this guy just doesn't just doesn't know football. He didn't know what he was doing. 
I think they even said he had the he had the most the highest salary most salary coaches in the NFL. Like he had the most coaches on staff than anybody in the league. Hmm. That tells me somebody that doesn't know what they're doing, right? At all. And it, it said it came to it said it sounded like from a lot of the insiders that there was going to be a revolt from the team if it, if he wasn't fired this week. There was going to be a revolt. They were going they weren't going to show up for practice. They may not even show up for the game. Like it was that bad. It was that oh. bad in, in in Jacksonville. Um, I wanted to kind of get your take on like. I know it's like what we're in week this is week 15 coming up. Do you think that the owner of the Jaguars, uh, Khan, waited this long because he, he already he gave what $12 million a year over the next three years? And you don't want to feel like, oh, I gotta fire this coach before the season's even over. Like, what what makes you what makes you think that take the for them to take so long after all this stuff comes out about Urban Meyer? Yeah, that's that's tough. And um, you know, you know, it's a week-to-week league, and I think the owner might have just been sitting around waiting to see if we get a if they got some more wins. Like, it's just kind of hard. Like, it's it's just funny what a win would do in the NFL. You know, to to make people forget about certain things, and mm-hmm. those wins never came. And no. when when that happens, you know, whatever's going on off of the field. That stuff is going to maximize more than what it, you know, than what it would be if, if they were winning games. If, if they were winning games, th- this stuff you better believe would probably be brushed under the rug. Oh um, yeah. But the but he has just the fact that, that he just comes into the NFL with this sense of entitlement that he mm-hmm. has. It just kind of what it reminds me of. To to be honest, is just re- remembering all of the just the black coaches who are not even given the opportunity to step into the head coaching role in the NFL. I mean, it's, you know, they have more opportunities now, but it's it's still nowhere where it needs to be. You have coaches like Jim Caldwell without a job and, and you know, coaches who had, Caldwell's had a winning record with the Detroit Lions. I mean, like, and he, mm-hmm. he's at home chilling. So, like, I, I, I don't, I don't, took this long just because I don't know I, I think they were just it was, like you said it's an investment he was on a four year deal or something like that he had a lot of time left there's a lot of money involved and it's just wait let's wait and see let's wait and see what happens and what Urban Meyer kept doing he just kept doubling down on the mistakes doubling down on the poor decisions and and here here, here you here you have it the Josh Lambeau thing comes out I don't know if that, that that story just broke yesterday, even though it been happened, right? Like it. Yeah, it, that, that it happened. Yeah, that was in um, in preseason. In preseason, I guess Lambo Lambo was like, you know what? Fine, I'm gonna tell everybody what happened yeah. to me. Yeah. So like, that's just you know, that's just the cherry on top, and you know, he doesn't go he doesn't go public with that information if the team's not ready to move on. Like, I mean, right. I'm pretty sure all of the players kind of felt that way about him. So yeah, definitely. I I, I don't know what took too long took so long but was it really that long I mean they're not even at the end of the year and I can't remember how many coaches it's been that didn't even make it through their first season um let alone in like a rebuild situation and on top of that getting like your 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 best prospect at quarterback and Trevor Lawrence and just seeing you know what's happened to him um and under under Urban Meyer is another thing so you know it Taking so long is one thing, but he's still in his first year. 
mm-hmm. the fact that they terminated his contract within you know before that even occurred tells me the the how dire the situation was um especially coming up like right before christmas you know just to get fired before the holidays not that urban meyer is you know he's gonna be hurting for any money or anything but right. it's just you know it just kind of adds all to it um so i i don't really think it took took long i think they were just kind of waiting let's see if we get a win because the other piece about it is the pr piece you know a lot it's not like all of these stories are <laughs> like these are some bad stories coming out about urban meyer um mm-hmm. once again in the nfl when you win games a lot of that stuff kind of goes away people kind of forget about things but like i said those wins never came and then the owner just had to come out and do what he had to do do what is best with it for his team and he he made statements like that i think last week so you know with this story about josh lambo coming out he kind of be you know he'd be contradicting himself if he didn't fire urban meyer after that story broke so yeah it's 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 interesting it's I'd be interested to see, um, you know, where they go from here, um, just as an organization, just because it's kind of like, you know, you get Urban Meyer, that was kind of like their, their, I don't know, their turning point, supposedly organizational, organizationally, you get Urban Meyer, you get Trevor Lawrence, and you think you're on pace to, or on track to being a successful team within the next two, three years, and now they're back to square one again. Um, The good news is, I mean, they still have Trevor Lawrence, but who's going to lead this team now. And uh, since you mentioned, I was just going to say, like, coming into the season, uh, Khan, the owner of the Jags, I'm pretty sure thought, like, okay, we have the number one drafted quarterback in the in the NFL. They're going to be the story, right? Everybody's going to follow Trevor Lawrence's progression during this first year. But because of all the Urban Meyer stuff, no one's even talking about Trevor Lawrence. Everybody's talking about Matt Jones. They're talking about Michael Parsons. Everybody other than Trevor Lawrence, which is what Khan wanted. Khan wants, all right, we got the number one pick. Everybody's been drooling over this kid since his freshman year at Clemson. And finally, he's in the NFL. But because of all the stuff, the drama around Urban Meyer, Khan's like, I've not only have I lost money, I've lost now the media battle for attention on my quarterback. They're focused on the Jags aren't going to the playoffs. They knew that already. But if, if Trevor Lawrence looked like he was playing good, if he had like a Justin Herbert, Type your PCs and just was yeah. good arm talent, great arm strength, accurate. Everybody still would have been talking about Trevor Lawrence football. Right. But because of Urban Meyer, that was never the focus. It never got to Trevor. Trevor's just been sitting there having to waste a year of development under Urban Meyer, a guy who doesn't even know how to develop quarterbacks. And right. it, apparently it came out also yesterday that Khan yeah. overlooked, like you just mentioned, other black coaches that were they thought were up for jobs. Byron Leftwich, Eric Bieniemy, uh, mm-hmm. were, Eric were, Bieniemy, were yeah. over. He said he had considered bringing them in, but he had already decided that he was going to get Urban Meyer. Um, and apparently, they asked Byron Leftwich either today or yesterday about the Jacksonville Jaguars head coaching job um, going into next year. Um, it's it's going to be again. It's going to be interesting to see. You know, I, I t- I'm pretty sure. Uh, if you have a young coach that wants to go in there and help develop Trevor Lawrence to try to create that um, that you know prestige that you want, like Andy Reid has done over the years, and what uh, Belichick has done with Tom Brady, um, mm-hmm. if you can develop quarterbacks, you're gonna you're gonna make yourself you know uh, highly liked in the NFL when it comes to either head coaching jobs or even GM jobs. So 
if you know Byron Leftwich or Eric Bieniemy, I'm pretty sure they're going to be getting calls from the Jaguars. I, I would hope going into next season. Yeah. Um, yeah. Another, uh, another piece I wanted to talk about real quick is what's going on with the Steelers right now? And it's not even the football thing, right? You get it. The line isn't as good as it's supposed to be. Ben Roethlisberger's arm is appears to only be good for about a half of football. But there's something internal going on in Pittsburgh. We, yeah. we, we get, you get rid of Antonio Brown because of all the antics and stuff. And you're doing the Facebook Live in the locker room and, you know, everything else. And he, he's gone, right? So you think it's all over with, right? And then here comes Juju Smith-Schuster. He starts TikToking. He starts doing all the dancing and stuff on logos. Your team's butt gets beat every week. You start doing it. He's out for the season now because of an injury. Now you have Chase, Cla- Chase Claypool. Claypool. <laughs> yeah. In a critical game that they could have won. They probably should have won. They, they shouldn't have been in it because the Chargers should have just, you know, not the Chargers, Char- not the Chargers, the Vikings. The Vikings, for the full first half, Delvin Cook was chewing them boys up. Oh, no, you was chewing them up. Him and Justin Jefferson. They left him. Kirk Cousins in was Kirk, Kirk Cousins became Kirk Cousins again at the end of the game. Let the Steelers back in it. And they were a drop pass away from winning that football game. Or at least time. And going in over. Mm-hmm. Chase Claypool sits there on a seven-yard catch. Like, yeah, first down. You have no timeouts. It's only... None. He wasted... Was it was it 15, 10 to 15 seconds on that? And then got upset at the lineman for yeah. running over to him to snatch the ball. He's like in the press conference, right? He was in the press conference saying like, well, you know, I knew we were on the hash, right? So uh, we could just place it down there. We could play, play, whatever. But, you know, he just came over and knocked the ball out of my hand. I'm like, are you serious? Are you serious? You're dancing with the ball in your hand. Yeah, you're celebrating. Like, you're not moving. And you're like, and they showed a clip. I don't know if you've seen it circulating around. They showed a clip of Larry Fitzgerald on a similar play. Gets the ball. Runs and runs it back way. to the line of scrimmage yep. and lines up. <laughs> I'm like, that's yep. that's a guy that knows the situation he's in. Obviously, practices the situation constantly because you can't you that wasted ten seconds. If you get that ten seconds back, they have at least one more play in the end zone. Right. They have one more play. If you get ten seconds back there, they probably have another pass that Ben Roethlisberger make. Ben Roethlisberger can make into the end zone. But after Friar move, dropped the pass. That was it. Game over. Game over. Mm-mm-mm. And then yeah. they asked Ben Roethlisberger about that. Now, how do you feel about, you know, disciplining the players or correcting the players when they make mistakes like that? And he was like, hey, that's not my job. That's the head coach's job. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and, well, I mean, <laughs> I mean, there you go right there. I mean, you know, Ben Ben has checked out. Yeah. Ben, is, ben, yeah. Is, ben has checked out. He know. He knows the writing's on the wall. He knows that this team isn't doing any, you know, isn't going to the playoffs or doing anything, even if they made the playoffs and the playoffs. Like, he, he's already checked out. Um, so what that means is you're down you're down a leader in that locker room. And who's the main leader in the locker room? Typically, it's usually your quarterback. And, and if your quarterback's checked out, you know, the team's going to check out. And if you look at just the culture of the Steelers, I mean, the culture is in the middle of a shift. I mean... You, you have a lot of the, you know, a lot of the guys who are leaders on the team, they're, they're the younger guys. I mean, mm-hmm. um, there's a couple of guys, you know, that are probably going to be, you know, going forward, like Mika Fitzpatrick and T.J. Watt. They're going to be kind of the solidified leaders of the team. Um, 
but we know everyone knows Ben is out of there and with an attitude like that's not my job that's that's not an answer that you want to hear from your quarterback even if it isn't your job as a leader you would think that you know so that, that, <laughs> right so so what that shows you is it shows you the clear disconnect that Ben even has with his own wide receivers at this point um you know Deontay Johnson's a little bit different but I, I think you know Deontay Johnson he's just a superstar he, he's super young but mm-hmm. you know it, he he's waiting for the next <laughs> the next QB too I mean the next QB as well so I, I think this is just they're just chalking it this year um they're gonna do it's, it's gonna be some major changes I think in Pittsburgh next year not not head coaching wise Tomlin is good but just as far as you know, whoever they decide to, to sign in Pittsburgh, whether that's Aaron Rodgers or they somehow get Russell Wilson or whatever they decide to do next year at quarterback, it's going to be some 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 major changes. Um, I don't think we're going to see this Steelers team again. I, I think this is just a product of their current situation and kind of just the tables turning and Big Ben uh, finishing, finishing up his not finishing up his career. He never really said he's done playing football, but at least finishing He's up done his, here. <laughs> his tenure with Pittsburgh. Yeah. So I, I think it's just a product of that. And you, you know how it goes when you're playing these games. And, you know, if you're off, if, if your quarterback isn't, you know, playing, you know, any type of, you know, just acting like he wants to be there, <laughs> you know, that, that plays a fact. That plays, that plays into the defense as well. Like, your defense has, needs something to play for. Like, we've seen time and time again where Lamar goes out there. And all of a sudden, in the second half or late in the fourth quarter, he starts having offense do impossible things. And then we're coming back in the game. Our defense usually comes on the field playing better than they've been playing all game. Mm-hmm. So, because they're playing for Lamar um, in Pittsburgh, they don't they don't have anyone to play for. I mean, Ben is already like I said, he's checked out. So that the way that defense played um, in that first half, it's kind of like you know. They were they were checked out after the first half almost. So even with even when he made a, a little bit of a comeback, but you know, as good as a comeback that almost was, the Chase Claypool play kind of summed it up for you. Yeah, like, that's that's the, that's the year been the year. All, that's the last the couple of years. That's the last, it's just yeah, getting control just and, for you. And Tomlin's got a job to do. I know he's like a big players coach, and that's kind of his selling point, but. You gotta, he's gotta get control of that locker room. Man, you got a lot of young guys in there that feel like they can just say any old thing. I mean, here comes Chase Claypool coming in saying, "Oh, we need to play music at practice." From what I understand, the Steelers have never, ever played music at practice. That's just something they just don't do. It's not like a thing that Tomlin created. Like that's just been established. They don't play music there before you. And look who was there right. before you. If 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 they didn't give Antonio Brown music, why do you think you're gonna get music? Right. Like why, that, why even why even bring it up? <laughs> Yeah, so like you expect guys from Notre Dame to have a little bit more decorum about them, but yeah, it's they, they when it comes to drafting players, like I think that's people don't understand why they have these interviews sometimes with these players. You gotta see if they're the right fit. They may have the talent and everything else, but if they're gonna be an issue in the outside the locker room and not mature enough to handle the pressure of being a professional, right. it doesn't matter how good they are. If they're causing more pain than they are of production. Um, it's time to move. I'm not going to say they're going to move on from him right now, but I think he's going to get a little bit of a, a reality check 
win, especially if they decide, you know, what, tell them we're not picking up the fifth year option. <laughs> you're like, you're, uh, you know, you're going to have to go out here for agency. Maybe we'll sign you back. We don't know yet. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's touch on a few other games that, you know, affected the Ravens uh, before we get to that Browns matchup uh, from last week. So uh, Titans beat up on the Jaguars 20 to zero. That was expected. Chargers beat up on the Giants. Um, Chargers, Justin Herbert, and them looking good uh, again. Um, the Bills lose to the Buccaneers. This is their second, you know, quality loss that they've had uh, in just in less than two, three weeks. Um, I don't. I can't really tell you right now how many if the Bills have beaten anybody good right now. No, I mean at least the games that matter. Everybody's been crowning the Bills as the team that was going to take the next step this year and. You know, I know everybody talks about Lamar Jackson having a down year. Josh Allen's not having a good year either. He's not. Yeah. He's not having a they, they want to talk about Lamar all the time, but no, the Josh Allen's sitting here like he just got paid. And he's That's not living up to games. that contract. Yeah. yeah. You're sitting here thinking like, well, we're going to win the AFC East, and now you guys are trying to duke it out for the sixth and seventh spot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the next game, which I thought was a really fun game at the end, the uh, 49ers and the Bengals. The uh, 49ers for most of the game dominated. They dominated the Bengals like first half and the Bengals came roaring back in that game. Yeah. No pun intended. Um, <laughs> but then Jimmy Garoppolo it's a good drive towards the end of the game. George Kill makes a fantastic catch. They kick a field goal to go into overtime. Um, I think the Bengals got it first and they couldn't they couldn't convert a first down before the 49ers get it back. And uh, Brandon Ayuk was a phenomenal Stretch to the end zone. Man, that was amazing. <laughs> Got his that feet was inbounds. Amazing. Man, he stretched. I, I think he I, stretched like on his, the five yard. <laughs> his foot just kept levitating on the side. I'm like, yeah, go down. It just kept levitating. I'm like, I'm yeah. waiting for it to tap out. And when I saw the replay, I was just like, wow, what a hell of a play. If I was a referee standing right there, I would have, I would have missed it too. So I don't yeah. really blame him for reviewing that one. Yeah, that was so a hell phenomenal. Of a uh, it's it's it just seems like the teams that are the the Ravens can't lose for the sake of losing you know it's like it's like the ravens have like i don't know if you watch those videos on youtube where it's like they made a spoof about a guy that's like a goalkeeper but he keeps he keeps getting kicked in the face by the soccer ball and it's like oh he's making these phenomenal blocks and he's like please just stop (laughs) and he's like i can't believe it they're gonna win and they win the championship and a guy gets carried out in a stretcher he's like (laughs) he's getting to beat the he's beating getting beat up so bad and i mean that's how i look at the ravens right now they're like we're trying to give you the division lead just take it out of our hands just end end it now just end our misery just end it now (laughs) and the ravens after all of that are still in first place still in first place and here they are as they lose them to the Browns 22-24 Lamar gets hurt in what the first quarter he only uh, had four completions for like 40 like 40 yards or something like that Um, he even even in that part of the game he still didn't look good he still looked like he was very timid out there he was kind of still in his own head and I think the ankle injury is not going to help they've already said this week he didn't practice Wednesday and he didn't practice Thursday. So my my assumption is he's not gonna play, he's not gonna play something. That Tyler Huntley's gonna be getting all the snaps this week and he's gonna be playing. Yeah. Um now I will say, um that was it was a bad thing for Lamar and the offense and probably winning a football game 
But for Rashad Bateman, with Tyler Huntley coming in, Rashad Bateman went off. Yes, he did. In that second half. He, he showed why the Ravens drafted him in the first place. I mean, he looked like a young Anquan Bolden out there. He looked Like, great. he was yeah. high-pointing the ball. I, I still think he got robbed of a touchdown. He got robbed. Like, I, I yeah. thought, like, he had his leg on up in the air enough and he stretched her across. I thought that was it. I thought that was in the end zone. If I were hardball in that moment, I would have thrown the play. But but, I'm, but I'm look, my look, look, look look at the stuff he challenges and look at the stuff he doesn't. <laughs> it's like the most obvious ones he doesn't challenge, right? And the ones like, no, I think I can get this one. Like you don't get extra points for challenging something like that. It's like him, him you know, is, maybe it's an AFC North thing. Him and Mike Tomlin probably challenges the yeah. worst plays I've ever seen. <laughs> and then if, yeah, like, I don't understand. Those two guys. Yeah, yeah Bateman does look incredible. I'm not going to hold like, especially after the catch. Like, oh, I'm getting up field. He just looks. He just looks like he's about to do something. Like every time he, he touches the ball, he high pointed that ball on the sideline. I was like, oh, he's going to catch it and go down. He he catches catches his balance and runs another 20 yards upfield. I'm like, man, I'm like, this. They got to get this dude the ball. Forget Sammy Watkins. Yeah. Keep him on the bench. Rashad Bateman needs to be starting. <laughs> he, yeah. I, I did, I did get. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go ahead. No, I was gonna say I did get a little scared when he acted like he wanted to be hurt for a second on the sideline. Yeah. I was like, you better yeah. get your, you know what up. Yeah, you're back in that, you're back in that, that field because there's no way we're about to tolerate another injury from you, buddy. Yeah, it's it. A lot of people were speculating, and even on the radio said that they felt like Sammy Watkins kind of like checked out. Uh, and I don't know. They said the knee was hurting him and it didn't feel right, so that's why he pulled himself out. Look, that's pretty sure. Pretty sure there could be other reasons why, but um, that's the one good thing I think I took out of the game. There, the defense for everything that happened, they did. They did, they shut them out in the second half. They didn't score anything in the second half. I think maybe finds a field goal, um, and so they kept them in the game. The Ravens had an onside kick, which they haven't gotten since like oh four. So I thought when they had the offset kick, like, we might win this football game. But here we go, the Ravens offense, when they need to get the downs and they need to get a score, they can't get it, right? Fourth and six, they throw, they, they have the receiver, Bateman run a route that's like five, it's a fourth and six, right? So how can you run a route that's five yards too short? Like, there was, it was nowhere near the first down marker at all. Nowhere yeah. near it. And the, the, the Denzel, I think it was Denzel Ward, was sitting right on top of the route. Just sat right on top of it. Bam. As soon as he caught it, down. I was like, that's game's over. Game's over. I was, and it, it's, they showed one route combination. I thought Tyler Huntley was, it was a play where I think he was fumbled. And Miles Garrett ended up uh, picking the ball up for a touchdown, running for a touchdown. They had Bateman and Hollywood running the same route on the same yard line, deep routes. And I'm sitting here like, this is the problem. This is yeah. what Dan Orlowski, Kurt Warner, Steve Smith have all said. You got two or three receivers running the same route in the same space. This is why the, the quarterbacks can't make a decision who to throw the football to. I'm like, if y'all ever heard of levels, you can have them run the same route. That's fine. But have one run a five yard, have one run a 15. Like you got to have these literally levels to this. You can't yeah. run them, have them run on the same yard marker and expect, oh, I guess I'll throw it left or right. The cornerbacks are sitting right there. So, like, even if you throw left or right, it didn't matter which cornerback it was, either of them had a chance at the ball. Because they're only, like, five yards apart from each other. Yeah. I, I just, 
Yeah, this is that's that's simple, you know. That's, that's simple football right there. That's something you can't happen unless unless one of them ran the wrong route or something for whatever reason. But that's that's some you know. This is stuff that you learn in high school. That's not something that should be happening in the NFL. So. That, and so that like type uh, Devontae, of, that type of play design, <laughs> right? And Freeman, so Freeman had like 13 carries for 64 yards. He was almost averaging five yards a carry. Yeah. In that game, there were draw plays we finally saw in the game uh, that were pretty effective. Pretty worked. Yeah, uh, they, worked. they were working, but they weren't. You, they, here's here's my issue with the Ravens. This this has been my issue since the Flacco days, right? If the Ravens are down down period, doesn't matter if it's three points or 13. Even with time on the clock, you okay, see the Ravens, they, they panic, right? They got, oh, we got to throw to get back in this football game. Like, you have a whole 20 minutes of game time, of game clock left. It's in the third quarter. Our, our running backs are, are, are gashing them. Let's just run right. the football. And Harbaugh's sitting here, or the coordinators are like, no, we got to throw the football. And they're throwing themselves out of the football game. Here, like, Freeman was almost averaging five yards a carry. If you give him another 10 carries in this football game, the Ravens probably win. Yeah. Easy. But the Ravens, they're they're throwing, like, Huntley threw, he was 27 of 38. Even at 24 to 24. Your backup quarterback. (laughs) Right. So even even the Ravens were down 24, is it 24 to 3 or whatever it was, the lowest point I think they were at the game? They're still not out of it. They scored a touchdown. All right, they're right back in the football game. Like you can't, you can't be, you can't be afraid of. Oh, we have to score now, score now, score now. And your offense isn't built that way to do it. And your Freeman, from at least for what it's worth, was looked like he was going to have a really good day on the ground. The Browns could have stopped the run. Yeah, he looked but good. also at the same time, um, they they talked about too. A lot of the, the people that watched the film said that. Even on those run plays and and the play that Tyler Huntley uh, got strip sacked for the fumble, why do you not double team Miles Garrett? Why? They had him single on Alejandro Villanueva all game. No one helped. There was no help. No help. Nothing. I know you didn't have Ricard out there. I know you didn't have Boyle out there. But at least you could have put Andrews out there to put another body on him. They'll give you some time. They did the same thing against T.J. Watt. They let T.J. Watt one-on-one. You can't do that. You can't. You can every time you go into a throwing offense on the defensive side of the ball, right? We can't let when when Tom Brady or Ben Roethlisberger when they came to the when they came to the line of scrimmage, they knew where number twenty and fifty-two were at all times, all times. Tom Brady and them talked. They showed a video of Tom Brady talking to Bill Belichick in the office. Basically, having an entire meeting about how to avoid Ed Reed. <laughs> yeah. You know, have a whole entire meeting about how, yep. how to avoid Ed Reed. They had like an entire meeting just on that. And it I just think they were in like, training. And they were in training camp, I think. Yeah. Talking this. about this. I don't think they played the Ravens until like week 10, week 11 that year or something like that. <laughs> yeah. But they had a meeting how to avoid Ed Reed. Yeah. But it just it baffles me, right? You know the schedule. You know who the, the, the players you're going to have to play on both sides of the ball. Who to make sure not to beat? I will give uh, it's a clear night and day, right? Wink Martindale does a really good job for what he what he has to work with of shutting down the, the elite guy, right? For the most part, he's done a pretty good job. Like he did a really good job shutting down Nick Chubb. 
They, Nick Chubb and them didn't run the ball at all, really, against the Ravens. So he he did his job. But from time to time again, Greg Roman and those offensive coordinators are sitting here just like kind of with their hands in their ears, not listening to anybody telling them, hey, you guys, you're playing number 90 this week, remember? You're playing number 95 this week, remember? Mm-hmm. You should probably put another guy out there. <laughs> Or at least and don't that, run to that inside, you know. And that's, and that's also, you know, and John Harbaugh has to take accountability for that too, because if that's the game plan and you see that Miles Garrett is just wrecking everything, that's mm-hmm. where you got to step in and tell him, don't call another play with him being one on one. Like, we got to take care of that guy. That's where you can interject plan mm-hmm. and say, we can keep going with this game plan, but we need to, we need to stop Miles Garrett. We just played them two weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, that's that's it. <laughs> the, the way the way they play is like, did we watch film? You watch film immediately after the game. Not what we saw, you have a better view of the, than what we saw at home on TV. How are you not accounting for that? Offense, Wink does that for the most part. He, he, it seems like he, like you say, he's taking out the elite, top top one or two players on on their team on the offenses. But you know, us being down, Nick Boyle and Patrick Ricard and. How do you go out? How do you go out there with any type of game plan that does not account for Miles Garrett, especially with the year he's having? Miles Garrett is always yeah. Miles Garrett, but he's having an amazing year this season. Him and TJ Watt are trying to get the the sack record. <laughs> yeah, like he's having an amazing year. He's going to come out here after losing to us after two weeks ago and 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 not want to do the same thing. Like, come on, man! Like, you you have to account for him and. Especially when, you know, we have, <laughs> I hate picking on this guy just because I'm just, it, it just, I'm still like confused of why he's on our team, but I get it because we were, in, we're injured as hell, but Villanueva just, <laughs> him, he's not going to do it for you by no. himself. You, and you he's know that by now. Against, <laughs> against the league guy. He's just not, he's not it. This, this is going to be a one and done for him after the season. Like there, there's no way we can draw up a game plan and say we're going to do this and and act like Miles Garrett isn't even on the field mm-hmm. so you know it's just I just just pretty much just reiterating exactly what you what your point was like it's just I I don't see how you you just allow that to happen tough yeah, game it's, man it's, this, this, this tough game to watch because even yeah. even with the backup even with you know Tyler Huntley and he did exactly what we needed him to do to get the W. It's we, we really, to be honest, was, were, was one pass away. I mean, he overthrew Hollywood for two touchdowns. Mm-hmm, that was mm-hmm. kind of what you know. What you know. That was kind of the. They had him open as too. As, yeah, both times. Both times. Both times. Either, one of, either one of those catches, I think, would have sealed the dub for us. But um, like I said, we shouldn't have needed to do that. You know, we, we, you know, going in with your backup quarterback, you, you kind of need to have, um, well, it's not like they prepared to go in with a backup quarterback, but um, as you said on previous shows, like Ravens, we're just kind of piss poor in adjustments this season for whatever reason, you know, I, I don't know, but you got to adjust the game plan, especially when we haven't been running the ball well at all, but for whatever mm-hmm. reason, we're running the ball really well this week. And we don't. We choose not to lean on that. It's just you know, mind-boggling to me. But it's just not grasping the flow. You can just tell, like Greg, uh, when when John, when J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards went 
like that. We don't like, you know, those are very big losses, but, you know, we have Lamar Jackson and we brought in Freeman and Murray and they've been pretty, they've been okay at, you know, replacing the outs. We're not the same level that we expect to be rushing the football, but they're, they're effective to an extent. But I think not having JK and Gus back there really hurt both Gus, I mean, both Greg Roman and Lamar Jackson. Greg Roman leans so heavy on rushing the football that he has lost his two elite rushing backs, running backs. And all he had to do was lean on Lamar, and it forced him like, oh, I lost J.K. Dobbins, I lost Gus. Now I have to try to develop a passing attack in the NFL, which I'm not good at doing. And then on the top of that, Lamar is in a situation where he's like, well, I like to lean, if I have J.K. and Gus with me, I have at least have guys that they have to worry. If I'm running a read option, I can't do the read option with, with Freeman and Murray. I can't do it. Can't. Mm-hmm. If I have J.K. and Gus back there and do the read option, I'm dangerous. Mm-hmm. Yep. They have to account for they have to account for Gus and J.K. But without them, so you're taking an element of Lamar's game away, trying to force him to throw the football. But at the same time, you have a coordinator that doesn't know how to actually coordinate a passing attack for Lamar Jackson. You don't. So like you see, from game in and game out from week one up to now, they've had to lean on Lamar being Superman for the last 14 weeks. I mean, I, I was looking up the stats. Lamar has already has four game uh, comeback uh, wins this year. When you take those four games away, the Ravens aren't even in the playoff picture right now. Mm-hmm. They're not even in at all, yeah. So I, I don't want I don't want to hear anybody say now all of a sudden Lamar is having, struggling and you see two good quarters out of Tyler Huntley and now all of a sudden everybody's like well maybe Tyler Huntley maybe it'll be a quarterback controversy this is news to everybody there was there is not a quarterback controversy <laughs> Lamar is the guy we need to right. stop this okay when Lamar was at his best he threw for thirty five touchdowns during that season okay mm-hmm. passing the football. A lot of people who said, oh, I told you Lamar was going to get hurt. I told you he get hurt. He got hurt in the pocket. He was trying to throw the football. Right. He wasn't even hurt running like in, in the middle of the lane. He got hurt yep. in the pocket. Right. So Lamar, yes, Lamar is having a difficult season right now. But a lot of quarterbacks, a lot of quarterbacks have difficult spots throughout their careers, especially when they're young in their careers. And Lamar's in a difficult spot right now. And I think that going forward, like I think it's very apparent now, there's no way Greg Roman can be in the future of this team as long as Lamar Jackson is the quarterback. Yeah. I think that's very apparent now. If you're going to want to elevate Lamar into a passing quarterback, Greg Roman can't do it. Yeah. So if they, if they come out now, I guess we'll, tra- we'll transition to the Packers game coming up this weekend. Uh, four o'clock game, if I'm not mistaken. This is the game that got flexed from a few weeks ago um, to the four o'clock game. Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers coming into town. Devontae Adams coming into town. Um, oh boy. I I think Zadarius Smith is playing. He might be hurt, I can't remember. I, don't, um, I haven't seen him. Uh, yeah, I haven't seen him playing in a, in a little bit, and I haven't been following. Nah, he, on, yeah, it says he's still hurt. Okay. So he said he yeah. can't. He's been hurt. I don't think. I don't think he's. I don't think he's going to play this week. Yeah, um, the other Smith playing though. 
just yeah. good. <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> um, but that Packers offense coming in with uh, Valdez Scantling and Devontae Adams against that already beat up Ravens secondary. We just Aaron saw Jones. Um, Aaron Jones who catches the ball in the backfield just for the best of them. Uh, and the Ravens struggle with those. Uh, we just saw Chuck Clark is on the COVID list, so he's probably not going to play. Um, that's why the Tony Tony Jefferson is back, people. He's back <laughs> in a Ravens uniform. <laughs> what, a, what, a wild, back. what a wild, what a wild, what a wild, wild season has been. Tony Jefferson is back. I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for Eric Weddle to come back soon. Let's bring them all back, man. Let's bring the whole posse back, man. Hey, Eric Weddle is done ever since he let uh, Antonio Brown stretch that ball across the end zone. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, um, I'm, I'm good with Eric Weddle. He knows he's a great teammate. So they have a task in hand on on uh, defense to handle Aaron Rodgers and um, that offensive, uh, that we- the weapons they have. Devontae Adams, it doesn't matter who he's going to be lining up, even if Marlon Humphrey was healthy. Devontae Adams against the secondary, I think he's just gonna he's they're gonna do numbers. He's gonna do numbers. But um Paul Huntley's gonna be he's getting the snaps all week. He seems to have a pretty good rapport with uh Rashad Bateman. Hopefully he's getting a little bit more acclimated with Hollywood Brown. But like you said, if he connects on at least one of those two deep passes, the Ravens probably win the football game. Um yeah. Do you see, I mean, right now, the I think the, the Packers are coming in as a visitor, but the line right now, I think, is Packers 7. <laughs> so it's a huge line. Like, I see that this is a 10-point swing. Um, mm-hmm. wh- do you see the Ravens having a shot at all in this football game? Um, I do not see us having a shot in this game, um, primarily because I watched that Packers game last week, and... Mm-hmm. I just don't see how um, our defense is going to keep up with that. I do think our offense can probably put up a few points, but I don't think it's going to be nearly enough. I mean, our secondary hasn't showed us anything all year um, for a six for a full football game to, to let me know that there's something we can do with, about about Devontae Adams. So. Um, and, and and Rogers, I mean, he's he's hurt, but he's not playing. He doesn't look hurt at all when when I, mm-hmm. when I from the games I've been watching. And on top of that, outside of maybe a couple of games, we still aren't getting the pressure that I think we we need to get. And teams yeah. like you know Green Bay, um, you know, they do a, a good job at protecting Aaron Rodgers for the most part, and he gets the ball out pretty quickly when he needs to. So I, I don't really see us having a shot. Um, if Lamar plays, um, I'm not I'm not sure how much that helps us either. Just because I don't, you know I don't know how limited he's going to be um, with that ankle. If he does get the chance to start, it sounded like it's going to be a game time decision. But yeah, um, I wouldn't be surprised if they called it on Saturday and just saying that Huntley's going to start. But um, yeah, I I don't know. We, the, the best game plan that you can have against teams like this is to keep <laughs> the, their best player off the field. And that's just what we're going to have to game plan for. I mean, we, we ran the ball pretty well last week, even though they were limited, they stopped, they have kind of abandoned it. Um, but we're going to have to go back to that and kind of see what we can do to, to kind of control the time of possession and keep Aaron Rodgers off the field. 
but that that's pretty much the only mm-hmm. that we would have a fighting chance over um and I'm I'm saying we don't have a chance because hopefully I'm jinxing myself and that maybe the opposite will happen. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> talk yourself into it. But uh, yeah, no, I, I don't really see us having a shot, um, especially if Lamar doesn't start. I uh, just I just don't see what we're going to do different. I don't and I don't know locking wise. I don't know do we get do we get any blockers back? Do we get Ricard back? Do we get Nick Boyle back? I I don't know. So um, I think all that's going to play a part and and then defensively without Chuck Clark, you know, your leader, your defense. Uh, you know, we got right, getting a green dot. A lot of young guys, a lot of yeah, young guys. Yeah. I feel like who get, Patrick Queen yeah. gets the dot again. Like, I mean, yeah, you basically right. take if you if that happens, you got to take him kind of out of his spot as a middle linebacker and yeah. move him back. Yeah, I mean, yeah. as a will linebacker, well, he's been succeeding. So it's like, yeah. it's like, come on, we got we we have Anthony Averett, we have Brandon Stevens, um, we have and and Westry. This is who we have to lock down. Um, some of Green Bay's weapons, and I just, you know, I can't see it. I would love yeah. to be pleasant. Yeah. I would love to be pleasantly surprised, but um, I just don't see it. Um, you know, only thing we got going for us is that we're at home, and it's probably going to be a pretty nice day. Um, I'm not sure mm-hmm. what the weather's going to be. It might start cooling down again, but yeah, I I just don't see it. <laughs> Unless we run them out of the building, then. Pull the Patriots I, on them. I, I just, yeah, <laughs> only yeah, have Huntley throw four times in the game. Yeah, unless we do that, I just I can't see it. I mean, Aaron Rodgers was he, he's a bad man. He he is what they say he is. They um, they he did an interview the other day where he just looks so like every, every week he does an interview. I feel like he, he, <laughs> right, yeah. But like this particular one was right after this win, and he was like seemed so zen and seemed so like just like confident like he was just like comfortable yeah. in the space he was in and everybody's like he has you can tell you feel like the emo- like the, the aura coming off of him this man feels like he's gonna win Super Bowl this year like <laughs> you can just yeah. tell he's like I'm, I'm all in he's like I, he's after going now I think he can smell it beginning of the year it's still a long season it's hard to see sometimes but now getting closer to week 18 and I think he's yeah. like you know what I, he has that I'm, I'm gonna win a trip. I'm gonna win a championship this year. He did, yeah. and I feel like we're getting him at the wrong. If we had the Packers in week three, week four, maybe we had a yeah. shot. I'm yeah. like, nah. And I said, I said this in preseason. I'm like, I don't like this game where it is because we're getting the Packers in like in December, and this is where Aaron Rodgers does his most damage. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not, I don't like it. Um, I, the biggest part about this Ravens team that's been hampering them is the lack of. You said this a while ago. The fact that they can't score in the first quarter. That has it's forced this team, has forced Lamar to try to have to continue to play hero ball because they cannot score. And I think Lamar was so used to the last two years of scoring in the first half, at least scoring at least 10 points, you know, in the first half. And they haven't been able to do that. They've gone into halves now at only three points. Other teams got 20. They're at, right. they're looking down the barrel. And Lamar's sitting there, probably in the locker room, like, I got to bring this team back into not only tie, but tie, but now to win the football game. They're not right. playing with the lead anymore. And we've seen how the Ravens operate when they don't. They're one of the worst teams when it comes to playing from behind. They're one of the worst teams. Now, they've gotten, again, they've gotten a few wins this year where they've come back and won. But just as easily, they could have lost those football games. And, but now they are, they're starting to lose those games now. Those close games. Catching up. And it, 
and not scoring in the first quarter, this is a game where, especially if they don't score a touchdown in the first quarter, I don't know if I'm going to watch the rest of the game. <laughs> Just because I'm like, I, you can't, you can't, they, you have to put pressure on Aaron Rodgers to go out there and try to score and try to make mistakes and stuff like that, right? The defense has already got a huge task ahead of itself. You can't keep, you can't keep putting the defense out there for 30 to 40 minutes every football game. Right, right. You gotta dominate this game. Gotta dominate time of possession. You gotta score. Like I don't know, because like you, you playing football, you go out there with a script of like 15 plays in the first, usually the first quarter, your first drive, or first or second drive. You have about 10 to 15 plays that are scripted. We're gonna do this. We're gonna do that. See what kind of zone they're. These kind of they're playing man. They're playing zone, or if they're doing this, they're doing stunts or whatever. Trying to figure out the, the defense. Where at least you have. And you have those plays that are like surefire guarantee. This will at least get us seven points before the defense makes adjustments. This will get us seven points. The sad part about that is the Ravens don't have those plays. They don't have those 15 plays. Yeah. We haven't seen them in like eight weeks. This was a team in the beginning of the season. They could score 30 points. We saw that. But as soon as that Dolphins game came around, they lost all, all the juju was gone. All of it was gone. They can't even score a touchdown now in the first quarter. <laughs> Nothing, nothing. So it's like a team is supposed to again have those plays that they, they know they can score on. And the Ravens, they're lucky they can get past. They can get to midfield now on their drives. They're going to the 35, 40 yard line. They may get one first down, but then it's three and out right after that. They can't continue right. a drive. Then Aaron, then the other team comes on, scores a touchdown on the defense. Now you're already down the barrel. So it's like. It's it's if Lamar's not in the game, Tallahunt is going to be out there. And look, he fumbled the ball twice last week. One was his fault, one wasn't uh, because of the strip sack. Like he was trying to throw the football and he just got hit. It happens. Um, and I, look, I think he's going to make mistakes in this game too. He's a backup quarterback, and this is his what his third start in the NFL. And it's going to be a big game. Yeah, it's going to be a big game. And the Ravens are what down already. They've lost two in a row. You know, you go down three. You don't lose. Start losing three, three in a row. Now the the, the attitude and the locker room starts to change. Right now, you're not winning the close games anymore. Um, now the team doesn't feel as so sure of itself anymore. Again, they can win and go to the playoffs. Right. Do you think this is the this? They were in a similar similar spot back in 2012. They had lost, what, the last four out of five games going into the playoffs. Yep. Yep. Do you think it would benefit Harbaugh and the rest of that team if they brought some of those guys into the locker room just to talk to them? Like, we were in the same spot you guys were. <clears throat> Fighting for the playoffs. Didn't know if we were going to get in. Just kind of putting those guys in that, like, bringing back guys like Alodinata and Ray Rice and Anquan Bolden and Torrey Smith and even Suggs, like just bringing those guys back in and saying, hey, look, fellas, I know the eyes are against you. Everybody's hurt and everything else like this. But look, we were in the same spot. We lost five yeah. of the last five, before the last five games. <laughs> you know? Yeah. The Ravens are yeah. looking at it like, we are eight-win team. We got to find a way to get to 10 wins. Yeah. We got to find a way to get to 10. Without 10, we're not making the playoffs. Do you think it, benefit, it would benefit them possibly to bring in Bring him back, Ray. You saw Ray in, uh, in the bleachers with the other game. Um, Ooh, it, it, it never hurts to bring Ray back. I mean, it, 
it, it's tough, man. I mean, it's kind of like the same. We, we were in the same boat, but at the same time, I just think we're even more decimated by injury and mm-hmm. by key positions. So the difference is, is that all your running backs are gone. All your yeah. cornerbacks are gone. You know, yeah. it's it's something you just can't overcome. And you have no line. <laughs> no yeah, line. You have no offensive line. You've had about 15 or 16 different offensive line variations. Um, that's 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 crazy. And and this is this is a line variation that's supposed to be protecting your quarterback on a contract year. And you know, every week we got somebody different in there. Mm-hmm. So it, it's kind of a different situation. Like I said, I I, I would try everything at this point. Um, nothing nothing will hurt. Um, you know, it is a situation like I said that we've been in. But and on top of that, uh, like you did at the start of the show, we're still in first place somehow. Um, the the good news is that nobody in the AFC wants it. Maybe the Patriots, yeah. but outside of them, uh, it's pretty much anyone's game. I mean, the mm-hmm. Chiefs are starting to look good, which is pretty scary. But yeah. we wouldn't. We don't have to worry about them for the playoffs. Um, you know, before the playoffs, I mean. So we just have to kind of squeak our way in. And then when you get in, as you know, you know that's something else takes over when you're playing playoff football. It's not yeah. all about you know what's what looks good on paper and and things like that. You know, the, the, the Andy's up on on come playoff time. So I, hey, anything helps. If they can get ready to come talk to them or, or not or whoever else, you know, do what they got to do at this point because we, we need any help that we can get. Um, the, the injuries are not getting better. <laughs> um, they're, they're actually getting worse. And like I said, the difference is this year is that we got a whole bunch of guys out for the year. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they we were injured then too, but I can't imagine, you know, we, we had whole, whole meeting rooms that are done for the year opposed to being maybe a guy here a guy there so Mm -hmm. it is what it is I mean at this point I'm just it's looking like one of those situations where if we make the playoffs we might just back back pedal our way in but uh that'll be our only shot really Uh, like I said only only good thing is that everyone else keeps losing every time we lose so we lost these games but everyone else seems to be losing Mm -hmm. um and that season where we were kind of kind of lost quarter last five in that case, we kind of were doing great in the beginning, and our record was strong enough to, you know, withhold that. We can't, we can't really afford that <laughs> in, yeah. in our situation. Um, but yeah. the way the AFC is, anything's possible at this point. Yeah, I think that you know, it's just one of those things where, you know, we, we as fans and other people have been telling, saying this to Greg Roman or whoever is listening on the offensive side of the ball. Just run quick slants, run some bubble screens. Get the ball out of your quarterback. If your line can't protect, right? So get the ball out of the, out of their hands quickly, and just let the chips right. fall where they may. You're not getting anything deep down the field. It's just not happening. Anything that's taking longer than three seconds, you're going to get hit. And it's mm-hmm. it's. But we we've seen it for one how many weeks now? Eight nine weeks? Nine ten weeks? And what they've been saying. I mean, we've had pundits and everybody else say the same thing every week. The Ravens don't do it. And I, I just come to the the, the the come to the reality that. Greg Roman's not capable of doing it. And I think somebody said it uh, this week. They were like, I think we need to come to grips with the fact that Greg Roman as a coordinator has li- is limited. Without When he lost J.K. and Gus Edwards, that was it. Yeah. That was it for him. He can't, de- he can't develop a passing game. He doesn't know how to do that. And it's it, it was all that there was. You had a, a, more, a healthier, more a talented wide receiver room that the Ravens have ever had, I think, at any point in their history. 
and right. he doesn't know how to use them. I guarantee you, Kyle Shanahan, Clint, uh, was it, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Clint Kubiak in Minnesota, the way he was running oh, Clint Kubiak, yeah. and Justin, Justin Jefferson. I guarantee you, any Byron Leftwich, if they had, if they were the Ravens OC right now, this offense would look totally different. It would look totally different. You had a lot of guys that you have speed. You have guys that can catch, and guys that and Devin Duvernay apparently right now is one of the best returners in football. He's had. There's been a couple moments. There's been a couple moments the last few weeks where I thought Duvernay was going to break one. <laughs> there was yeah. a couple times. Duvernay's had some pretty good returns lately. Um, but he's a guy that's been. He's a utility guy that can use in special teams and on offense that they haven't been using. Right, it wasn't until Tyler Huntley got out there that he started throwing to those guys. Some of that's on Lamar too, uh, just right. looking staring down Mark Andrews, and all of some of that is part of the fact that the, he's thrown to other guys and they've dropped the ball. You know, he's looking at guys at critical moments, and he's only trust Mark Andrews to throw the football to. You know, um, yeah. And the other part is Lamar. At the same time, he he's seeing ghosts too. At the same time, like he's running out there, he knows the line can't protect him, so he's already thinking in his head, "I got to run this way, or I got to run that way." When he, when he heights the ball, he's like, am I going to run left or right? You know, he knows he can't stay in the pocket. <laughs> am I going to run left or right? He knows this line can't protect him. So he's already trying to worry about other stuff and just looking downfield and looking through his progressions. Right. right. So you have, like you said, you have your star quarterback in a contract year playing some of his worst football. You're getting him, you're getting him hurt, and now you're making him lose his confidence on top of that, mm-hmm. playing the game. Cause you can't tell it. Like, people can say, oh, I know Lamar is pretty confident in his game. He's he I guarantee you right now, he's losing some confidence in his game right now. Cause a lot of the same yeah. stuff he did before in the last two years, he can't he's not getting away with now. He's not getting away with it right now. And if, and if he's not uh, and he's if, not practicing. And he's not practicing like right. a, whole, a whole lot of whole lot of weeks with no practice. I'm 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 not sure if this is gonna come up at the end of the year or not, but at, when he got sick a few weeks ago. He had him the right since he got sick. They never said what it was that he was sick with. And he was out, he was out for like seven, eight days with that sickness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He hasn't really been right since then. I don't know if he can't I guess look, if you're I tell people all the time, if you're sick for that long, it takes a toll on your body. You get you get start getting fatigued, you're sore everywhere, like your body's just not right. You know, and then he's going trying to go back out there and play football. And it's, I'm pretty sure it may come at the end of the year that he was dealing with something else, and that's what really affected his play. Um, but yeah. if you're if you're Bashadi, if you're if you're Bashadi and you're looking at Costa, you're looking at guys again. I said this, I think, in our show, the last show we did, uh, guys like Herbert and Colin Murray the other night. You know, like these guys are coming up; they're coming up fast. And you had you had Lamar Jackson, MVP of the league. But if you don't get him the right pieces in the coaching corner that he's going to need, he's going to fall behind those guys on that list. They're not going to be talking about Lamar Jackson anymore. They'll talk about Herbert. They'll talk about Burrow. They'll talk about Murray. They'll talk about those guys. But if you if you don't get the right people for Lamar that can take him to that next level, he's going to fall down that list. And that's Bashadi doesn't want that. Bashadi, if he's in this for the money, if he's in there to make money. You need to keep Lamar in that top of that list right. for those young quarterbacks going forward. So I would think if they go into this game, and look, I'm expecting the same kind of slow start. They don't score in the first quarter. Um, so I don't want to hear anybody say, you know, if we see that in the in the game, that Huntley's the answer, right? <laughs> I don't want to, like, clearly it's not. 
we put another quarterback in there and still the same result, right? So something obviously on the coaching end has to change. Absolutely. It's not a quarterback problem. <laughs> so I anticipate to see the same thing. They're going to start slow. They're, I wouldn't be surprised if some bluebirds come out from Ravens fans. I think even though the Ravens have a winning record right now, I think they can see the the DNA of this team right now doesn't feel like it's a winning football team or a team that knows what it's doing. It's identity on offense right now. And if they go out there in the first drive and they don't do anything, I wouldn't be surprised if fans start booing. I wouldn't. This is the point in the year where, you know, if your team's not on a roll and running to going to the playoffs and you're kind of stumbling, I would not be surprised if fans just start, you know, here come the Bluebirds. They're already doing it in Cleveland, the Baker. They're already doing it in yeah. Cleveland. I would not be surprised with the boob. And then, then people will start seeing, oh, maybe it, maybe Huntley isn't the answer. It's not that Huntley's not good. It's that, you know what? This offense that they're running is bad. <laughs> like, right. it's not it's not creative. It's not good. And look, we get it. Guys get hurt. It's part of the game. A lot of your guys got hurt very early on in the season. But that's not an excuse. Every At this point in the year, everybody's hurt. Everybody's got guys down, got quality players that are down. But you make adjustments, right? You you yeah. make things happen. Like I said, I give credit to Wink Martindale. He's he's playing with guys off the street right now, and he's still finding ways to keep the defense inside the football game. They keep somehow. The, 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 somehow keep the game. He's keeping the games close. He's keeping the games close enough right now. Where beginning of the year they were struggling, and they've they've kind of gotten a little bit better week in and week out since then. But now the offense is like you're asking Greg Rohn to make the same adjustments, those same kind of like, you know, tweaks. He's not making them. It's not happening. Right. Yep. It's on Harbaugh now. It's on him. Like, I, I think everybody's giving him a mulligan for this year because of what happened. But you're thinking about if you're a Bashadi and you're and you're the constant looking at next year and you get a healthy JK and a healthy Gus Edwards, but you got Bateman. You know, Bateman after I think a game or two ago. When he was unhappy about not getting the targets he wanted, looked like he scrubbed his page a little bit, he changed agents all of a sudden. So I'm like, this man, like, if you got Bateman there, you got Hollywood, you got Market, you, you have talent on offense for the first time. Mm-hmm. And like wow. all different, 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 like you said, different meeting rooms right now. You got receivers in there now, you got tight ends, you got running backs. The pieces are there. It'd be a shame. It'd be a shame to waste that right now. Sure would. So sure would. Um, what's your? Uh, I mean, we got to do it. So what's your? What's your prediction? What's your score? Uh, I'm thinking they're probably going to hang about thirty on us. I'll say thirty-one. I'll say thirty-one seventeen. I don't. I don't think it'll be close at all. To be honest, I think uh, the Packers is just going to be too much firepower for us. Um. Yeah, thirty-one seventeen. My prediction, and uh, I hope that I'm wrong. Um, I, I like I like thirty-one. So I'm gonna I'm gonna steal that one. You, but I think the Ravens put up twenty-five. They've been they've kept it close for a lot of games that they've played. They they I will say this: the, the games they played earlier this year make this team a very gritty team. So they don't give up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will give them that. But again, I just like you said before. At some point, you're just you're just too hurt. You're too banged up. You lost too many good players. Um, yeah. And I want to say this to people. I think the term "next man up" gets used way too much when it comes oh, yeah, to football. It definitely does. There's a reason why there's a depth chart, people. <laughs> there's a reason why guys are first string and guys are third string. Like, 
there's at not some point, Humphrey on this team. <laughs> right. There's a there's a reason why, you know, when those guys, when the first train guys get hurt, you see a huge drop off in production <laughs> to the next guy. Like it's not like you had like quarterback situations where you have a quarterback in waiting, you know, ready to take over like Aaron Rodgers taking over Brett Favre. You know, for a lot of for most teams in most positions, there's a reason why that guy's third string. <laughs> right. You know, so it's it's that next man up stuff. At some point, when you when you start signing off on signing off of the street, it's not next man up anymore. It's like you used to start praying, start praying to God, like please let us yep. get through this. <laughs> yep. Let us at least make the playoffs. <laughs> that's that's where coaching comes into play. You got to figure that out. That's what you get paid yeah. for. Coach them up. Yeah, and I think this is sadly been an eye opener to I think hopefully a lot of a lot of Ravens fans and a front office that um, when you have situations situations like that, you have to coach guys up. I will say, at least on the defensive side of the ball, we've seen some improvement. I will also say we've seen improvement on the receiver end as well with T. Martin and Keith Williams. I think those guys have done a really good job with the young with Duvernay and Bateman, uh, bringing and, and even um, in Hollywood. Hollywood has changed a little bit. He's fighting right. for extra yards now. You know, he's. I will say they've done as far as the head coach, offensive coordinator, um, and I'll say even defensive line coach. Like right now, you're not getting pressure. Like you got to do something, man. Yeah. Like come on. Like those those three guys, OC. Uh, Head coach and defensive line coach, y'all gotta get it together, man. There's some changes that gonna have to be made. Changes gonna have to be made in the off season. But anyway, that's the end of this episode. Thanks, Trey, for coming on, doing this Purple Friday with me. Um, as always, you can catch this podcast. It's going nitty gritty uh, sports radio at twelve noon, and um, you also catch me on uh, my podcast on Spotify and on Castbox or pretty much anywhere you get podcasts. So. Um, I will be doing my live show on um, Sunday during the game and, of course, post-game as well. So um, thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you guys uh, next Friday. Peace.